Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you receive a blessing from this program. We hope that you will join us in person this Sunday at 9.30 for Sunday school and 10.35 for the service. We promise you will receive a warm welcome. For more information or to watch our services live, please go to gpindy.net. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Here we go. Well, I have a song I love to sing since I have been. The love of God 
Kids, listen to me. Make sure that you show them that you love them. Have them forever. They tied our shoes, took us to school, patched our worn-out jeans. They soothed our tears and calmed our fears. Listened to our Somewhere along their golden years, their hair has lost its sheen. The notes to him, 110, crackle when they sing. Now they're all alone. No children's voices fill their empty home we must love them while we can we must love them while we can Time just seems to hurry by And the days slip into years And the moments that we cherish They'll disappear So love them while you can Love 
The folks that taught us our first words, they still have much to say. The silver secrets of the world lie beneath those crowns of gray. Now they're near the end. We've changed our roles from children to best friends. So we must love them while we can. Yes, we must love them while we can. For time just seems to hurry by And the days slip into years And the moments that we cherish Will disappear So love them while we can Love them while we can love them while we can chapter 16 verse 19 I'm going to read the story about a fellow who died and in torment okay he went to hell there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar, Lazarus, died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send to him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that they may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. There we have a true story, I believe, and even if it were a parable, it would be a parable about a literal truth. And so it is a fact for sure. And we know the story of the rich man in Lazarus. 
Matthew 25 says this, verse 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. At the end of one's life, that's the call. You're either saved, you're either lost. Back in those days, we know that hell had two compartments. You had the one compartment of torment, and there was a gulf that separated them, and on the other side of that gulf was paradise. And that's where Lazarus, because he was a believer, he was comforted by Abraham. And one day when you die, you will either go to heaven or you will go to hell. I mean, it's just that clear, that simple, isn't it? Man is born spiritually blind. The natural man receiveth not the things of God, for they are foolishness unto him. How can he know them? He has no spiritual antenna to be able to relate, to understand, to communicate with Almighty God. Man, because of his sin, is under God's condemnation. The Bible states, he that believeth not is condemned already. If you don't believe, you're already condemned. It states that man, absent of God's power, is helplessly enslaved to Satan. John 8 says you're a servant of sin. That's a slave. It states in 2 Timothy 2, 26, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. That's being a slave to the devil. He can take you anytime he wills to. That happens to a lost person because a lost person doesn't have God in him. A lost person doesn't have the word, doesn't have the spirit, doesn't have the blood to be able to defend himself against satanic attacks or wishes, does he? Man, the end result of his sin, when he dies, we know that no sin will be allowed to go into heaven. So as a result of that, his soul goes to hell. But thank God for God's grace and his mercy. He so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He came to seek and save that which was lost. On our wall there, it says, who will have all men to be saved. God wants people to be saved. Titus 2.11 says this here, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. God doesn't want any of you to go to hell. He wants you to go to heaven one day. Now some say, well, hell is illogical to reason. They say hell is just a nightmare of a disordered brain. They say hell belongs to superstition and no normal person believes in hell. They say this hell, it cannot exist because God is a God of love. And they state that no scholar believes in hell. Of course, that's not true. There are a lot of guys who have studied deeply who believe in hell. We know that. But that doesn't bother me. Uh, no scholar believed that the world was going to be engulfed with a flood. No scholar believed that God's judgment would destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah whatsoever. No scholar believed that Christ would die and then three days later rise up from the grave. 
no scholar, believe that, but it happened. We have the Bible, the apostles, Jesus Christ, the cross, the empty tomb, the early church. This church, hell is as real as heaven. I'm grateful for that. God says this, there is hell for all those who will not believe in Jesus Christ. The fact that he died for their sins, he was buried. Three days later, he rose from the grave. And that's enough to wash away all their sins. And all a person needs to do is put their faith in him and that gospel message. God, in his word, describes hell. I call it the alphabets of hell. And he describes it. First of all, it's A stands for abiding wrath. That's the anger of God being poured out on an individual person who says no to his precious son. Jonathan Edwards said this here. I thought it was good. He said, consider the fearful danger you are in. It is a great furnace of wrath, a wide and bottomless pit full of the fire of wrath that you are held over in the hand of that God whose wrath is provoked and incensed as much against you as against many of the damned in hell. You hang by a slender thread with the flames of divine wrath flashing about it and ready every moment to singe it and burn it asunder. And you have no interest in any mediator, nothing to lay hold of to save yourself, nothing to keep off the flames of wrath, nothing of your own, nothing that you have ever done, nothing that you can do to induce God to spare you one moment. That's the position that you're in without Christ. The B stands for blackness and darkness. It states this in Matthew 8, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In hell there'll be no sun, no moon, no light, except the reflections from the flames. Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world. And you turn your back on that light of the world and you'll end up in darkness. The C stands for crying. The rich man, he cried out, it states. Why do you think he was crying? Think about this. One never to live among the living again, ever. Never to live among the living. Two, he realizes it's too late. He'll never have another opportunity to be saved. Three, to think how foolish he was to live and trust in his pleasures and not trust in Christ. Four, to think your crying will do you no good, ever. It's sealed. It's set in granite in a sense. And five, to think you're in the heart of the earth in torment waiting for final sentence at the white throne judgment. And there you are without Christ standing before almighty God and he reads your judgment and you're flung into everlasting hell. That's why it is best to believe in Christ today. No longer delaying it, but today. The D stands for damnation. God opens up the books 
and his final condemning, his accusations of our sin. He'll speak of your doom, your consignment into hell's punishment. Matthew 23, 33, you serpents, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Queen Elizabeth on her deathbed, she said, all my possessions, but for a moment of time. Just give me just a little bit more time. But it was too late. The E stands for everlasting punishment. We said, saw it a while ago, Matthew 25, 46, and they shall go away into everlasting punishment. Believers in heaven will be shouting the praises of God on and on. But sinners in hell will groan on and on and on and on. The F stands for filthiness. Revelation 22. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And so on and so on. Filthiness. Those filthy in this life, they go to hell. It's all that's filth. All these people, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, druggies, thieves, immoral, abusers, drunkards, perverters, liars, all there as your companions forever. Some people say, well, I don't want to go to church. There's too many hypocrites there. What do you think is going to be in hell? <laughs> Amen? Think of what you're going to have to put up with there. The G stands for gloom. It's an atmosphere of despair, despondency, disheartedness, depression, downness, doomness. No more any highs. Always only lows. And then the H stands for hopeless. Proverbs 11:7 says this here: "When a wicked man dieth, his expectation shall perish." and the hope of the unjust man perisheth. In other words, you'll be hopeless. Dante said there's probably a sign on the walls of hell that says, relinquish all hope, ye who enter here. Dr. Spurgeon wrote many years ago, but in hell there is no hope. They have not even the hope of dying, the hope of being annihilated. They are forever, forever, forever lost. On every chain in hell there is written forever. In the fires there blazes out the word forever. Upon above their heads they read forever. Their eyes are galled and their hearts are pained with the thought that it is forever. Oh, if I had to tell you that hell would one day be burned out and that those who were lost might be saved, there would be jubilee in hell at the very thought of it, but it cannot be. It is forever. They are cast into utter darkness. The I stands for indignation. That's the unknowable, the unknowable anger of God. He says in Revelation 4.10, and it mentions there, they shall drink, and it goes on and states, the wrath of God into the cup of his indignation. You can and probably have joked about hell, laughed about it, made fun of God, made fun of hell, and you've gone on your merry way. 
But one day, one day, how will you handle standing before him? How will you hold out? How will you hold up when you stand before the very indignation of God Almighty? The J stands for judgment. Hebrews 9, 27, and as it is appointed, a man wants to die, but after this, the judgment. Ecclesiastes 12, 14, for God shall bring every work into judgment, even the secret thing. God's going to judge mankind. Revelation 20, verse 13, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. It shows that there will be different degrees in hell. It'll be hotter for a Hitler than it will be for just a good person who never believed, though. He'll still be in hell, but there'll be degrees in hell. The K stands for kept. As the believer is kept by God, we are kept by the power of God. No man shall pluck us out of his hand. Likewise, the inhabitants in hell, they also are kept by God, making sure there's no escape, no pardons, no release, or hope of ever leaving, ever. You'll never find in hell exit signs. You'll always be there. The L stands for lake of fire. The word lake of fire is used five times in the Bible. It's real, literal fire. It's not figurative. It's not symbolic. The Bible calls it never quenched fire. Unquenchable, furnace, everlasting, flaming fire. Revelation 20, verse 15, and whosoever was not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That word lake there, we don't, we're not sure what that actually means. Some believe it to be a star somewhere. Some believe it to be a body of liquid. I know the sun, they tell us that it gets to 25 to 30 million degrees Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. It's going to be hot there for sure. And as the believer's new body in eternity will be incorruptible, likewise sinners who go to hell, they're given a new body that will uh, be the vessel of their soul, won't be consumed. It's a real hell, a real fire, real people, and they will cry out just like this rich man here. The M stands for memory. Abraham said to the rich man, son, remember. Doctors tell us that we never forget anything. We might momentarily, but what we have seen we store up in our brain. And in hell, you'll remember every gospel message, every church service, every choir song, every witness somebody told you about Christ, every prayer by others in your behalf, every invitation given you the opportunity to trust in Christ. But you said no. I don't believe in that religious stuff. No, I don't want to do that. I have plenty of time. No, I don't want to stop sinning. 
No other things are more important. But I promise you, when you're in hell one day, you'll say to yourself, what a fool I was. Amen? The N stands for no rest. In other words, in hell, you'll have ADD. <laughs> Revelation 4, 11, and the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and forever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and so on. So in hell, you'll be actively involved in moving around. The O stands for oblivion. You've blotted out other people's memories in a sense. In your life, it's all been about you. But one day in hell, the memory of you will be blotted out. <laughs> You'll be completely forgotten as if you never ever existed. Job chapter 24 verse 19 Drought and heat consume the snow waters, so doth the grave those which have sinned. The womb shall forget him. The worms shall feed sweetly on him. He shall be no more remembered, and wickedness shall be broken as a tree. You forget God here. God will forget you there when you vanish. The word P means pain. The rich man said twice in Luke 16, torments, torments. Revelation 4.11 again, the last part of that verse, Revelation says, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and forever. Day and night, no relief, forever. I've visited a lot of hospitals over the years. I've been, been in the burn section before. And I've seen people, I've had to be in the hospital myself, I've seen people groaning and moaning because of them being burned with fire. I can only imagine what hell will be like. In hell, no doctor, no medicine, no nurse to help, none to whisper to you that they love you. Pain. The Q stands for quandary. You'll be completely surprised a state of mental perplexity because you will realize the moment you die, it's all real. You're going to hell and you can't change that. What was I thinking? How could I have been so stupid? I gambled and I lost. Isaiah 33, 14. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has surprised the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? Oliver B. Green, the old-time preacher. I don't know if you, most young people don't know him. He was an old-time preacher, had a raspy voice. He said, I have heard men and women boast that they were not afraid of hell. They were sure they could endure torment and therefore they would take their chances. To such people, I would offer a challenge. Put just one finger over the flame of one little match and hold it there in the flame until the match burns out. There's no person alive who would voluntarily do such a thing, nor could anyone endure the pain even if he or she would be willing to. 
the pain from even so small a fire would be so excruciating, it would force withdrawal long before the match extinguished itself. In comparison with that, think of the rolling flames of the inferno of hell, flames that will never cease to burn, and the spirits of the wicked will be tormented or in those flames day and night forever and ever. The R stands for retribution, Ezekiel 7, 8. Now will I shortly pour out my fury upon thee, and accomplish mine anger upon thee, and I will judge thee according to thy ways, and I will recompense thee for all thine abominations. And my eyes shall not spare, neither will I have pity. I will recompense thee according to thy ways and thine abominations that are in the midst of thee. And ye shall know that I am the Lord that smiteth. In other words, God's saying payday someday. Payday is when you die without Jesus Christ. God says, after all the attempts, after what my son has done for you, I will have no pity on your soul when you stand before me. There are a lot of Christians, they get upset when they look at the wealthy and the rich. They say, why are they being blessed and prospering such, and I'm not. And there's a jealousy factor there. They didn't work for it, that's why. <laughs> and so all of this going on, and we worry about that. But David says, I felt that way until I saw their end. And when I saw their end, I was ashamed that I thought anything like that. God will get even. It is payday someday. The word S stands for shame. Hell is a place where all are dethroned, dehonored, defrocked, disrespect, disrespected. Daniel 2.2 says this here. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. The T stands for thirst. The rich man in hell, he begged just for a drop of water to be placed upon his tongue because of the flame. The U stands for ungodliness. Everything evil, everything wicked, everything sinners do and their sin will be there. Revelation 21.8 says, but the fearful and the unbelieving, the unbondable and the murderers and whoremongers, sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The V stands for vengeance. Romans 12, 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place in the wrath for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, thus saith the Lord. Just remember this. Every day without Jesus Christ, every day you sin, you're storing up, you're treasuring up that sin. And God will make you pay for it one day. He states in Romans 2, 5, but after thy hardness and impotent heart treasure us up 
unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath. You're just storing it all up and payday someday. And I want you to know when you stand before God, you're not big enough, you're not strong enough to withstand God's venging hand when it starts down. And when his hand starts down, there's nothing that can prevent it from fulfilling its purpose. The W stands for woe. Someone said, better not to have been born at all than to not have been born again. Isaiah 3.11 says this, Woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with them, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. What we reap, or what we sow, is what we reap. The X, I had to improvise, excluded. <laughs> That's how you spell it down where I came from. <laughs> excluded means a goodbye kiss. It means you're never coming back. It means forever gone from everything good, from everything you've loved. All that's good, you'll not be included. You're going to be shut out, kept out of the glory of God. Matthew 7, 23 says, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You'll not be excluded from hell, but you'll ex be excluded from everything of God. The Y stands for yearning. The rich man in Luke 16, he yearned, desired that somebody would be sent to his brothers so that they would not come to that place because he was already experiencing no Christ, no children, no synagogue, church, no Christian, no cool water. And the Z stands for zero existence. Children of God are children of the highest. Children that are sinners, never been saved, they go to the lowest hell, the Bible says. Your lowest point, your nothingness, your no importance, your no influence continues forever. And forever. That's hell. Jim Mercer said this. I thought it was good. He said, The old preachers were right. It is better to be hell scared than hell scarred. Isn't that good? 2 Corinthians 5 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. God has saved us and he's given us the responsibility to share this truth with others. But I believe with all my heart, even in my own heart, I have to keep reminding myself that most of us that are saved, we need another true vision of hell. We need to get that back into our vision, our understanding desperately. I remind you of the revival services that uh, Dr. Tom Malone was having. And that week, not a whole lot was going on. And 
during one service. As he was given the invitation, he heard a man sobbing. He looked over, and he had remembered there had been a family that came to the services. And the one young man had fallen down at the feet of his father, and he was sobbing. And he was saying, Dad, trust Christ. I don't want you to go to hell. Trust Christ. I remember when I went to the hospital, my mom had had a heart attack. I remember I came to that, that fullness of that when I said, Mom, I can't leave here knowing you're not saved. You need to get saved. And my mom got saved that night when she saw my heart broken for her. And I say to you that that father got saved and then several more got saved as a result of that. And it all started when one young man got a vision of hell and he saw his family there. And it so burdened him that he let him know he was burdened. Amen? Is hell really to you, Christian? Is it real? Does it grip our hearts? 1 Corinthians 15, 34 says this, Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. God said, listen, I, I want you to know that it's been your responsibility. I've given you the greatest story that could ever be given. I've given you the story of my son and what he's accomplished. He died for man's sin. He was buried, he rose again. And what he's done and accomplished... That's enough to save people. You have the answer in your hands if you're saved. Do you understand people without that answer go to hell? And it's a real hell. Do we even care? Do we have a burden for it? A spouse, a brother, a sister, a family member, a friend, somebody at school, somebody on the job. Has hell ever broken your heart? It's real. I need to tell them that Jesus Christ is their answer. And if you're here today without Jesus Christ, the alphabet of hell can't touch the story, but just very little of what true hell is really like. And it's real. And we would beg you on behalf of Christ this morning, don't let another day go by without you believing in Christ. Make this moment real to you. Not just the fact that you know some facts. You've read the Bible. You understand he died on the cross. He rose. That's historic facts. It doesn't become real to you until you take it to your heart. And that's when you say, what he did is for me. Personally, he died for my sins. Personally, he was buried... And personally, he rose from the grave so that I can be justified, so I can be a child of God. That was for me. Doesn't matter for me. That's when it goes down into your heart. Will you believe? It's not water baptism. It's not giving your money. It's not your works of any kind. It's faith alone in the gospel alone through grace alone. If you will believe, God, I believe it. 
Let's bow our heads. And right where you are, if you would believe, say a prayer to him right there where you are. Something like this, very simple. Dear God. And saying the prayer doesn't save you unless you mean it in your heart. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I do believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he died for my sins and rose again. Please save me right now because I believe, I believe, I believe. And if you did that in your heart and you meant business in your heart, as a word of testimony, just say, I want you to know I just believed in Christ. Just lift your hand up right now. I believed in Christ just now. Lift your hand up. God bless you. Somebody else. Amen. Father, thank you for grace. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that it's simple for us. We just need to believe, but it costs you heaven's best, your only precious son. May we never, ever get over being saved. May we believe that hell is real. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? We hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you to visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpindy.net. For more information, please visit our website or contact us by phone. Until next week, may God richly bless you as our prayer.